Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen Lahul Hamdul Hassan Wassanaul Jamil Wa Shadu Allah Ilaha Illallah Wahdahu La Sharikala Yakulul Hakka Wahua Yahdis Sabil Wa Shadu Anna Sayyidina Wa Nabiyana Muhammad Sallallahu Alayhi Wa Ala Alihi Wa Ashabihi Wa Tabi'in Alahum Bihsanin Ila Yomid Deen Amma Bad We spoke in our previous session about five things or five keys in order to gain knowledge and I said it is 20 inshallah ta'ala points that if you come with these 20 points you will truly Attain and gain The knowledge that you're looking for So inshallah today we're going to take The second five Keys To gaining knowledge inshallah ta'ala Number six Ri'ayatu fununihi fil akhdi Wa taqdeemul ahammi falmuhim Observing the different sciences that are in the religion and learning to prioritize which one comes first and which one comes next you have to observe the different sciences don't be a person who knows aqidah but doesn't have no knowledge of fiqh don't be a person who knows hadith but doesn't know tafsir. Observe every science. Also, learn to prioritize which science should I give precedence to? Which one should I do now? Walidalika the scholars they say Afdalul ilmi ilmul hal. Afdalul ilmi Ilmul hal The best knowledge And the most virtuous knowledge Is the knowledge that you need At that particular moment Afdalul ilmi Ilmul hal The best type of knowledge Is the knowledge that you need That particular moment There's no point you talking about Things that don't come in your day-to-day life. You're most likely not going to see this situation. It doesn't in any way, shape or form come into your day-to-day life. And you're talking about it. The knowledge that you need to be focusing on is the one that you need at that moment. Dhuhr is about to come in. You need to know the ahkam, the rulings pertaining to tahara, and the salah that you're going to pray, how to pray it. What are its wajibat? What are its sunan? What are its nawafil, the voluntary things? This is ilmul hal. It's a knowledge that you need at that particular moment. This is the greatest type of knowledge. 
الإمام ابن الجوزي رحمه الله الإمام ابن الجوزي So there's a difference between ابن القيم الجوزية and ابن الجوزي There are two different scholars ابن الجوزي He has a great book called صيد الخاطر ابن الجوزي has a very good book which he called it صيد الخاطر What does he mean by سيد الخاطر? Ibn al-Jawzi wrote this book Things that came to his mind The benefits that he saw while he was pondering His personal experiences He documented it in this book And it's a profound, amazing book It's called what? سيد الخاطر The word سيد means to hunt and khatir is the thoughts that come to the mind. So he's, what he's trying to say is, I caught my memory before it escaped from me. And I placed it in this book for you. In that book of his, there are so many benefits in it. He mentions this statement. He says, Jam'ul ulumi mamduhun. Jam'ul ulumi, to combine all of the sciences is praiseworthy. Jam'ul ulumi To combine all sciences Is something praiseworthy Jam'ul ulumi To combine And to gather all sciences Is mamduhun It's something praiseworthy Wallah That if somebody talks about tafsir You have good understanding of it If somebody talks about fiqh You have good understanding of it Hadith You have understanding of it Aqeedah You have understanding of it Tawheed, you have understanding. Adab, adab al-lugha, Arabic literature, you have understanding. Shi'ir and poetry, you have understanding of it. Sarf, balagha, ilmul bayan, ilmul badi, ilmul ma'ani. All of the sciences, you've studied a good portion of it. This is praiseworthy. This is what? It's praiseworthy. That a person doesn't just say, I'm going to study one science and I'm not going to study anything else. وَلِذَلِكَ Based on this You don't tend to find The early generation The noble generation You don't tend to find them Use this concept of I specialized in this They didn't have that Every science for them Was the same Specializing in a field Was something that was adopted later When universities came so this person, he knows fiqh, but he can't step outside fiqh. If people are talking about hadith, he doesn't know what's happening. That wasn't what you would find. Some of the pious predecessors, they used to say, I know sciences, that I don't have the audience to talk to about these sciences. I, have, I know sciences that I have nobody to tell about. I can't, there's no one here who can understand this knowledge that is buried in me, I have no one to talk to about this science with. So some of them, they died with those sciences. Some people you tend to find, because they don't like to study many sciences, they belittle it. So what he would say is, I'm not going to study grammar. What is the benefit? Fi'il and fa'il, mubtada and khabar. I'm not going to do that. 
And so he belittles a science. Always remember this. A re- the, one of the main reasons why an individual will belittle a science within the sciences of the religion is because he's ignorant about it. The poet he said, Atana anna sahlan dhamma jahlan uluman laysa ya'rifuhu Atana anna sahlan dhamma jahlan uluman laysa ya'rifuhunna sahlu uluman law daraha ma qalaha walakinna arrida bil jahli sahlu the poet, he said, Atana, it has come to us. Anna sahlan, this man sahal, dhamma jahlan, this man sahal has belittled a particular science due to his ignorance. Uluman laysa ya'rifuhunna sahalu. Sahal doesn't know these science, so he's belittling it. Uluman law daraha ma qalaha. This science which he's belittling, if he only understood it, he would not have hated it. The reason why? He's hating it because he has no understanding of it. And then the poet says, sahlu. And to be ignorant with something is very easy. To be ignorant and to not exert the effort and the hard work, it's something very easy, right? Because ignorance, brothers, it doesn't require movement. It requires you to be in a station position, right? Not move. And that's the easiest thing for the human. Like in gaining knowledge requires movement and working. So do not, as a student of knowledge, ever think to yourself that I'm only going to study this science and the rest, inshallah ta'ala, I'll leave it for others. Give your heart and mind to every science. Lakin, but all of the sciences are not going to seem the same for you. No doubt. You might like a particular science more than the others. You might like tafsir. That might be a science that stands out for you. And you like to go more into tafsir than anything else. But that does not mean you're ignorant of the other sciences. You're not ignorant of the other sciences. You can hold a good conversation regarding those sciences. You can understand the terminologies of that particular science. That if you came across it, you would understand what those scholars are talking about. But this particular science of tafsir is the one that you love the most and your heart is inclined to. Mesela, example. And so you went deep into this one. Here the question is, if we've just said that give all of the sciences importance and never belittle a science should you do it all at once or should one do it separately for example should I take tafsir and hadith and fiqh all at one time or should I separate it should I start the science of tafsir from the beginner's book the foundation, until I reach the advanced book, I shouldn't go to any other science. Should I do that? Or should I start the beginner book of tafsir and the beginner book of hadith and the beginner book of fiqh all at the same time? Is that question clear? 
The scholars are of two methodologies, they are of two ways. One way is the way known by the scholars of Mauritania. They hold the opinion, the ulama of Shanqit, the Shanaqita, they don't believe that a person should do so many sciences at once. They believe he should separate it. Are you studying finished hadith? Until you go to the last book of hadith, don't go to any other science. Have you finished the last book of hadith? Now start the other science. And then finish it to the last book. And then start the other science. To the last book. And then the other science. And do each one separately and independently. And they say, وَإِن تُرِدْ تَحْصِيلَ فَنٍ تَمِّمَةٍ وَعَنْ سِوَاهُ قَبْلَ لِنْتِهَائِمَةٍ وَفِي تَرَادُفُ الْعُلُومِ الْمَنْعُجَاءٍ إِنْ تَوْأَمَانِ اسْتَبَقَى لَنْ يَخْرُجَاءٍ They said, وَإِن تُرِدْ تَحْصِيلَ فَنٍ تَمِّمَةٍ If you want to gain a science, finish that one first. Don't go to another science. Finish this one. وَعَنْ سِوَاهُ قَبْلَ لِنْتِهَائِمَةِ Stay away from every other science whilst you're studying this one. Ignore it. Don't give it any consideration. Finish the tafsir that you're doing right now. Get to the end of it. And they use the example as if a mother is carrying twins, she has to give one birth and then the next one. Both of them can't come out at the same time, they say. And they say that the sciences are like that. You cannot let two sciences come out at you at the same time. Each one should come out to you independently. Huh? That's what the view of the shanaqata, that's what they hold. And that's what they say. Lakin, if you see as an individual in yourself, that you have the malaka, the ability to be able to study many sciences at once, then do it. I don't know about this country. In school, do they do different classes one day? Do they do so many different sciences? So we're already trained to take so many sciences all at once. So I don't think it would be a problem for a person uh, to study many sciences at once. But as I said, you make sure that you give importance in the sequence, the order that you're studying the sciences. The most important knowledge is what? Afdalul ilmi, ilmul, ilmul hal. The most important type of knowledge is the one that you need at that particular moment. So the person needs tawheed and aqeedah. And the person also needs Fiqh al-ibadat Tahara Salah Sawm Zakah Hajj These are things that a person needs And then comes Mu'amalat The buyu' The nikah And etc Number seven Point number seven Al-mubadara Ila tahsilihi 
وَاغْتِنَامِ سِنِّ الصِّبَى وَالشَّبَابِ Number seven is الْمُبَادَرَةِ إِلَى تَحْصِيلِهِ To hasten To hasten إِلَى تَحْصِيلِهِ In gaining knowledge Hasten وَاغْتِنَامِ And to benefit from سِنُّ الصِّبَى Marhala to shabab Whilst you're a youth And you're young Benefit from that opportunity That time Whilst you're young Seize that opportunity And benefit from it Hasten There's going to come a time in your life That you no longer are able to memorize As you were able to when you were young The poet he said مالي إذا جذبتها صأيت أكبر علاني أم بيت مالي وهل ينفع شيء ليت وهل ينفع شيء ليت ليت الشباب بوع فاشتريت He's speaking about himself He went to a, a well And he threw his bucket inside the well And he was trying to get the bucket out And then he goes Ah because he's grown old now. So he goes, ah. And he's speaking to himself and he said to himself, Mali ida jazabtuha sa'itu. Why is it that when I pull the rope, I go, ah? Why am I saying that? Because he remembers when he was young and he used to pull the rope and the bucket with one hand. But now he's become what? He's now become old, fragile, weak. So he's unable to pull the rope and the bucket as he used to do when he was young. He says, Mali, why? Mali ida jadabtuha sa'aitu. Akibarun alani ambaytu. What is it that's on top of me? That's pushing me down. And then he speaks to himself and he says, Laytu, I wish. Then he reminds himself, Wahal yanfa'ushayya laytu. Will laytu, I wish, benefit you? And then look what he said after that. He says, لَيْتَ الشَّبَابَ مُبُعَ فَاشْتَرِيتُ I wish that being young was something bought in the market I can go, I can just buy it and I can become young again. I wish. This marhala, marhala to shabab that you have it will go and it will perish. If you don't benefit from it it will go by you and as they say, you will cry over spilt milk. There's nothing you could do about it. ولذلك, Hassan al-Basri, rahimahullah, he used to say, العلم في الصغر Knowledge when you are young, and to gain knowledge when you are young, كَالنَّقْشِ في الْحَجَرِ It's like carving into a rock. If you go and you take a metal rod, and you carve it into a rock, will it get off? Can it easily perish? Can it easily wipe off from the rock? Can it? No. It can't. When you're young, when you're young that's how your brain is like. But when you become old, but when you age and you become old, it's like writing in water. Can you write on water? 
your memory becomes weak. And we'll speak about why when you become older, you're unable to do what you used to do when you were young. وَلِذَلِكَ دَمَسِنَّ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وَسَلَّمَ دَحَدِيثِ الْإِمَامُ التِّرْمِذِ نَرَيْتِ لِنِ السُّنَنِ مِنْ حَدِيثِ أَبِي بَرْزَةَ الْأَسْلَمِ The Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم, he said, لَا تَزُولُ قَدَمَاءِ عَبْدٍ يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ A person, his legs will not move from its position, the day of judgment, حَتَّى يُسْأَلَ عَنْ أَرْبَعٍ You'll be asked about four things. Your legs cannot move from its position. You have to stand there, answer these questions. And from the four is what? عَنْ عُمْرِهِ فِيمَا أَفْنَاه Your life. What did you do with it? How did you spend your life? Allah says in the Quran, أَوَلَمْ نُعَمِّرْكُمْ مَا يَتَذَكَّرُ فِيهِ مَنْ تَذَكَّرُ وَجَاءَكُمُ النَّذِيرُ Allah said, have we not given you a good portion of life to live? Did we not give you a life to live? And the warner came to you. Abdullah ibn Abbas, he said, means we placed a white hair inside your bed to remind you you're coming close to us. The nadir, the reminder, is what? The white that goes into the bid. It's telling you your time is close. You're about to expire. And the first part of the ayah, awalam nu'amirkum means anybody who's been given age of puberty, he's been given a life to live. Once you've reached bulugh, age of puberty, Allah has given you time to distinguish from what's right from what is wrong. So your life, your umr, something you need to benefit from. The Prophet ﷺ said, نِعْمَتَانِ مَغْبُونُ فِيهِمَا كَثِيرٌ مِنَ النَّاسِ الصِّحَّةُ وَالْفَرَاغُ Two blessings, two things people don't realize what they have. What is it brothers? الصِّحَّة Health Allah has given you health, subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's a blessing. Wal-faragh, free time. You're young, there's no responsibility. You come to the house, mom, is there food? You eat, dad, I want it. No responsibilities. You're very young. There will come a time when responsibilities are on you. Shall I seek knowledge? Or shall I provide for these young kids? You can't. Lakin al al aqil, the smart one, the clever one, is the one that doesn't allow that moment to pass by without him benefiting from. He benefits from that time. Now that we've spoken about seizing this opportunity when you're young and benefiting from it. Do not think to yourself that if you grow old that you can't also seek knowledge. Some of you might think, oh subhanAllah, this discussion wasn't me. Don't think to yourself that because you've aged that seeking knowledge is not for you and it's impossible for you to seek knowledge. No, there are great scholars who started to seek knowledge at a later stage of their life. The great Shafi'i scholar, Al-Qaffal, 
he started to seek knowledge 40 onwards. When he reached 40, that's when he started to seek knowledge. And he became what? He became one of the great fuqaha of the madhab shafi'i 40 plus. Because knowledge can be sought. But when you age, there are factors that work against you. And there are three things. That when you age, it slows you down from gaining knowledge as you would have if you were young. The first one is كَثْرَةُ shawagil. There are many things that are preoccupying you. There are many things that are preoccupying you, that are busying you. Also, وَغَلَبَةُ الْقَوَاطِعِ Second thing is, the things that are coming to disconnect you from knowledge is also great. Your desires is also there, and etc. And last but not least, the responsibilities and the rights that are on you are too much. Children, wife, parents. So it slows down the person from gaining knowledge. When the person realizes these three, either reduces it or learns how to organize it, they will be able to gain knowledge. Number eight. Uh, the things that are disconnecting you from knowledge are very high. The things that want to disconnect you from knowledge is very high. Number eight. في طلبه وترك العجلة. If you want to gain knowledge, be a person who is calm, diligent. Stay away from hastiness. Some people they want to come to a class. One week later, they want to see the effects of that class. And after that class, they want to be a scholar. This is a problem. I personally call that microwave knowledge. Microwave knowledge, why? Because microwave, you just put the food inside the microwave, 30 seconds, ding, you take it out, that's it, you can eat it. Some people, they want to take knowledge like that. They want to come to a class, three sessions, four sessions, maybe one year, and they want to be a scholar. Sometimes the blame can shift To how some of the courses are Marketed and promoted It's promoted in a way where the person thinks That after a year he's going to specialize in the Arabic language A year Specialize in the Arabic language You'll just scrape the surface That's what's going to happen Knowledge is Baharullah sahila lahu but knowledge is an ocean, has no shore. It's never going to finish. 
So the person needs to understand, don't be hasty. Slowly. The poet, he said, اطلب ولا تضجر من مطلب فآفة الطالب أن يضجر أما ترى الماء بتكراره في الصخرة الصماء قد أثر اطلب go and seek knowledge ولا تضجر من مطلب and don't give up فآفة الطالب أن يضجر one of the greatest harm for a student of knowledge is after a week or two or maybe a year or two he gives up and he says I don't think seeking knowledge is for me. I just want to be a 9 to 5 employee. I want to work. Seeking Islamic knowledge is not for me. Ama taral ma'a, do you not see the water? With continuation and consistency, it can pierce through a rock. Ama taral ma'a bi takrarihi fi sakhrati sammai qad athara. You see water. Over a period of time, it's going to affect a rock that's stronger than it. How did it do it? Consistency. Continuation. Not giving up. Al-Imam al-Nawawi, rahimahullah. Al-Imam al-Nawawi, in the madhab al-Shafi'i, is the eyes and the ears within the Shafi'i madhab. The scholars, they say, if Al-Imam Al-Rafi'i and Nawawi agree on something, this is the Madhab Al-Shafi'i. In his kitab, Al-Minhaj, there are 60,000 masail fiqhiyya in it. 60,000. Fiqh-related issues in that book of his, Imam Al-Nawawi. Ah. Do I have? Can I repeat the last sentence? I said that Al-Imam Al-Nawawi Rahimahullah and Al-Imam Al-Rafi'i if they both agree on a mas'ala Shafi'iya believe that this is the call of the Shafi'i Madhab. Al-Imam Al-Rafi'i and who? Al-Imam Al-Nawawi Rahimahullah. So Manawi has a manzila. And if Rafi' and Nawawi dispute one another and there's a khilaf between the two, they give precedence to Al-Imam Al-Nawi. I'm trying to get to a point which is very important for me, which is Al-Imam Al-Nawawi has a kitab called Al-Minhaj. In this kitab, there are 60,000 masail fiqhiyya in it. 60,000. It's not a small book. Some people memorize it. The country I'm from, Somalia, there are people sitting down and they memorize Al-Minhaj. And this kitab Al-Minhaj comes from the Muharrar of Al-Imam Al-Rafi'i and the Muharrar comes from the Aziz, Fathul Aziz, and the Aziz comes from Al-Wasid and then Al-Wasid comes from Al-Nihayatul Matlam and the Nihayatul Matlam comes from the Ummah of Imam Al-Shafi'i. That's the how the order is. There's a point I want to come to and I don't want to go off track. Which is, Al-Imam Al-Nawawi was told that there are a group of people who are opposing him in a statement that he said from the Kitab Al-Wasit. Wasit is written by Abu Hamid Al-Ghazali, Rahimahullah. 
Imam Abu Hamid al-Ghazali is a Shafi'i. He wrote this book. He said something in his Kitab al-Wasit and Nawawi referenced it. And some people said that Abu Hamid didn't say this. Nawawi said, are they going to argue with me today regarding the Kitab al-Wasit? And I read it 600 times. How many times did he say he read it? Are they going to argue with me regarding the Kitab al-Wasit? When I know we have read it how many times? 600? 600 times. Amongst us there's some who haven't even read the Quran 600 times. 600 times he's saying I read the Kitab al-Wasit written by Abu Hamid al-Ghazali. Are we all together? Nawawi memorized in eight months, eight months, he memorized the Kitab al-Tanbih by Abu Ishaq al-Shirazi. How many is left from the year? How many months is left from the year? Four months. And the next remaining four months, he memorized Qismul Ibadat from the Kitab al-Muhaddab by Abu Ishaq al-Shirazi. Eight months he memorized at tanbih all of it. And the next remaining four months he memorized Qismul Ibadat from the Kitab Al-Muhadhab li Abi Ishaq al-Shirazi. Both books were written by al-Shirazi rahimahullah. This comes from what brothers? This comes from Luzumu ta'anni fi talabihi. These people were very calm, diligent. They knew knowledge was not gained in one moment. And that it comes gradually. So they left off the concept of ta'ajjul and isti'jal. Allah says about the Qur'an, إِنَّا سَنُلْقِي عَلَيْكَ قَوْلًا ثَقِيلًا Muhammad, we're going to pass on to you and give to you a heavy speech. This is the Qur'an that Allah is referring to as what? Here. Heavy. Then what do you think about anything other than that? وَلَقَدْ يَسَّرْنَا الْقُرْآنَ لِلذِّكْرِ the Quran is simple and easy. Allah said it's heavy. Are we all together, brothers? So if you're the Quran is like that, the other sciences are going to be more complicated, and the people's speeches are going to become more complicated. وَلِذَلِكَ Allah said to the Prophet in the Quran وَقَالَ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا لَوْ لَا نُزِّلَ عَلَيْهِ الْقُرْآنُ جُمْلَةً وَاحِدَةً كَذَلِكَ لِنُثَبِّتَ بِهِ فُؤَادَكَ وَرَتَّلْنَاهُ تَرْتِيلًا Allah tells us that we did not send down the Quran because the disbelievers they said if only the Quran was sent on you all at once Allah tabarak wa ta'ala he says that we sent down the Quran what? Gradually. Why? كَذَلِكَ لِنُثَبِّتَ بِهِ فُؤَادَكَ Gradual is what makes it firm in the heart. And Imam al-Bukhari, do you all know who he is? Bukhari was asked for a person to strengthen their memorization. What should they do? What type of medication should they take? And Bukhari said, I don't know any medication that they could take. I don't know any medication that they can take. But, I know two things that can make a person gain what they are looking for if they want to memorize. What is it? 
مداومه النظر consistently and continuously looking at what you're trying to do repetition repetition continuously going over it and going over it the person will finally get somewhere with it ولذلك القاعده is what خذ حرفا take one letter وقل ألفا and say it a thousand times memorize this quote خذ حرفا take one letter وقل ألفا say it a thousand times this is not a race the Quran just take one ayah a day and memorize it if you can't do too much just one ayah and if you did do one ayah you probably would have probably memorized the Quran by now but some people, guess what they have? I either have to do a juz a day or nothing. So if they're not doing a juz, or if they're not doing a page, they don't believe that they should do it. No. وَلِذَلِكَ دَسَلَفْ They used to say, مَنْ أَخَذَ الْعِلْمَ جُمْلَةِ Anyone who takes knowledge all at once, فَاتَتُ جُمْلَةِ It will go all at once. Easy come, easy go. If you take knowledge all at once, what will happen? It will go all at once. وَلِذَلِكَ حَمَادِ بْنَ أَبِي سُلَيْمَانِ He said to his students, تَعَلَّمْ كُلَّ يَوْمٍ ثَلَاثَ مَسَائِلِ Every day learn three مسألة, three root issues. Just learn three. وَلَا تَزِدْ عَلَيْهَا شَيْئًا Don't increase on that. Just three. The Sahabas were what brothers? The Arabs, the language was theirs. They saw the Quran coming down. Their hearts were more purer than our hearts. Their time, the fitna was less. True or false? They never used to take more than 10 verses of the Quran. Ashra ayat, 10 verses. And what would they do? They would repeat that 10 verses and go over it again and again and again. And these were Arabs. Lastu bi nahwiyin yaluku lisanahu. These are Arabs. This is their language. This is, they can see the revelation coming down. They can see the Prophet's face when the revelation comes down on him. Their hearts are more cleaner than us. They're more fearing of Allah Azza wa Jal. Even then they wouldn't take too much. They will take small amount. So what some people try to do is, they want to take all knowledge at once. وَلِذَلِكَ there is a famous Arabic statement which is طَعَامُ الْكَبِيرُ صُمُّ الصِّغَارُ أَمَا طُعْمُ الْكِبَارُ صُمُّ الصِّغَارُ The food that the elders eat is poisonous for who? For the newborn. You like eating McDonald's or KFC. Like a newborn, huh? can you have it? Yeah? No. Somebody who's been studying the religion for the last 30, 40 years, what he's able to memorize, you want to do it now that you started to seek knowledge. No. It won't work like that. What you need is to come with tadarruj, gradual, bit by bit. Don't take too much. Number 
Point number nine. As-sabru fil ilmi tahammulan wa ada'a. Patience. When gaining knowledge and also patience when delivering knowledge and giving it. Both of them, they need patience. You need to be patient when you're what? When you're taking on knowledge. You need to be very patient. And you also need to be patient when you are passing on that knowledge. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He says in the Quran, Ya ayyuhal ladheena amanu sbiru wa sabiru وَرَابِطُوا وَاتَّقُوا اللَّهَ لَعَلَّكُمْ تُفْلِحُونَ Allah says subhanahu wa ta'ala يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا Those of you who believe Spiru Come with what? Perseverance يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا Spiru وَصَابِرُوا Come with endurance وَرَابِطُوا Remain steadfast وَاتَّقُوا اللَّهَ And be pious of Allah. I'm a fearful of Allah. Abdul Aziz ibn Baz, rahimahullah, a man came up to him one time and he said to him, I've been given da'wah for so long, I can't do it anymore. I'm tired. And he cried in front of the shaykh. So the shaykh said to him, Abdul Aziz ibn Baz was blind. So he asked the man, give me your hand. So he took his palm and the Shaykh recited the ayah Ya ayyuhaladheen amanu sbiru wa sabiru wa rabitu wa attaqullaha Then he said La'allakum tuflihun Tuflihun is success You're only going to gain success when you come with what? These four What is it? Ya ayyuhaladheen amanu sbiru Perseverance don't give up. Amrusbiru wasabiru. Come with endurance. Warabitu. Be steadfast. Wattakullaha. Be fearful of Allah Azza wa Jalla. Have you come with those? La'allakum tuflihuna. Now you definitely will attain success. So. Sabr is the one that he starts with. Patience. When you're gaining knowledge, it requires patience from you. And it also requires patience from you when you are giving it and you're delivering it. This ayah, This ayah, وَاصْبِرْ نَفْسَكَ Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Be patient With who? مَعَلَّذِينَ The ones who are calling on to their Lord Allah Azza wa Jalla In the evening and in the morning and the afternoon They are calling on to their Lord Be patient with those people Yahya ibn Abi Kathir He said what Allah is telling the messenger to be patient with Is talking about the gatherings where knowledge and fiqh is being given. Majalisul fiqh. Be patient in those gatherings. That's what the ayah is talking about, he said. Wasbir here means be patient in what? 
majalis al-fiqh, the gatherings where knowledge is being given and the understanding of the sharia has been given, be patient in that gathering. Wallahi, a person will not gain knowledge unless they come with patience. Yahya ibn Abi Kathir rahimahullah, he said in an athar which is mawquf, uh, sorry, mu'allak, Muslim brings it mu'allakan, that Yahya ibn Abi Kathir, he said, لا يستطاع العلم براحة الجسد You will never gain knowledge with a relaxed body. You will never attain knowledge whilst you're enjoying and relaxing. Brothers, knowledge will take away from you your sleep. A man came to Imam Shafi'i and he said, I want to be from the people of Hadith. A man came to Imam Shafi'i and what did he say? He said to Imam Shafi'i, I want to be from the people of Hadith. And then Imam Shafi'i said to him, Glad tidings. I'm going to give you glad tidings of poverty that's never going to leave you. If you're embarking on becoming a person of Hadith, you're going to lose all your money. And you're going to be away from your family. This is the news I'm going to give you. Why? Because the people of Hadith, they traveled to gain the Hadith of the Prophet ﷺ and to attain it, so they lost their money. It finished from them. If you want to gain knowledge, the more you're relaxed and you're enjoying yourself, the less knowledge you're going to attain. And there's always an exception. There can't be an exception. But the general principle is knowledge comes with hardship. That's not just the knowledge of the deen, even the dunya. Al Asma'i he said, Mallam Yahtamil Dhulla Ta'alimi Sa'atan Bakiya fi Dhulil Jahli Abada. If a person does not learn to endure If a person doesn't learn to endure the hardship in gaining knowledge, if a person doesn't endure, he doesn't learn how to endure this pain, for a period of time, you will be forced to endure the humiliation of ignorance for the rest of your life. If you do not learn to now humble yourself and suffer for now, then remember the rest of your life you're going to remain in what? The bitterness and the evilness of ignorance is going to be with you for the rest of your life. Walidalika Abdullah ibn Abbas, what did he say? He said, When I used to seek knowledge, I was humiliated. فَعَزَزْتُ مَطْلُوبًا But now that I've gained knowledge, I'm honorable. صح? When you're beginning and you're seeking knowledge and you're at that starting moment, the teacher will say to you, I can't teach you today, go back. You travel two, three days. You came from another country. They'll say to you, I don't have time for you, leave me alone. No one's taking you serious. You're suffering, you're going through hardship. Lakin, when you learn and you gain knowledge, what do you become? Honorable. Allah honors you, subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because Allah said in the Quran, 
Allah raised the believers from amongst you and Allah raised the people of knowledge even more the believers are raised but within the believers the scholars are raised what? they are raised even more so the person needs to teach himself patience and endurance Patience in two things. What did I say? Patience in what? Gaining that knowledge. When you're memorizing, what does it require? Patience. You memorize a line, or you memorize a hadith, two, days, two hours later you come back, you don't even remember anything. You're like, what happened? Sah? You have to go over it again. And then you forget it. And then you go over it again. The patience of memorization. The patience of understanding. To understand what is being said to you. It needs patience, huh? Like, especially me, I speak fast, huh? You need a lot of patience to keep up with my speed. It needs patience. Coming to this class right now needs patience. You have to take away from your sleep. It requires patience. Observing the rights of your teacher requires patience. And the man is in front of him. The second, that's when you're gaining it. When you want to give it, it requires patience. You want to convey the knowledge. There are going to be people going to say things about you. Unpleasant things. You have to have a tough skin, huh? And not be concerned about what's being said. You have to be patient. You also have to be patient from not falling into shortcomings whilst you're trying to convey that message. All of this is what? Patience when you're giving it. Last but not least, Mulazamatu Adab al Coming with the manners of knowledge. Having etiquette and manners. Some people think and they assume that you can gain knowledge without having good manners. Let's look at what the pious predecessors said and how they saw it. The poet he said, He's not an orphan, the one who loses his mom and dad. He's not the orphan. Who is an orphan? It's the one who loses his who loses knowledge and manners. Instead of mom and dad, if you don't have knowledge, and if you don't have manners, you're an orphan. That's a true orphan that you should feel sorry for. He has no knowledge and he doesn't have manners. There's no akhlaq. وَلِذَلِكَ اللَّهُ سُبْحَانَهُ وَتَعَالَى He praised the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam's manners. He said to him about him, وَإِنَّكَ لَعَلَى خُلُقٍ عَظِيمٍ Muhammad, you are of great manners. His manners was sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was of great caliber and high level sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. As person who wants to gain knowledge has to have manners. 
ناس تهم أخلاق يوسف بن الحسين رحمه الله he says and please as a student of knowledge keep this with you حسين بن يوسف بن الحسين he said بالأدب with manners تفهم العلم you will understand knowledge الله أكبر with good manners you will understand knowledge when you have good manners you will understand knowledge الإمام البقاعي رحمه الله الإمام البقاعي a man came to him and he asked him if he could read on him and يقرأ عليك he said I've got a hadith book I want to read on you فأذن له البقاعي البقاعي said okay read on me فجلس الرجل متربعا the man sat down and he crossed his legs and he sat in a way that Al-Biqa'i didn't like. He sat in a disrespectful manner. Biqa'i said, I'm not going to listen. Uh, you can't read on me. And he said something to him very powerful. He said to him, أنت أحوج إلى الأدب منك إلى العلم الذي جئت تطلبه. You are in more need of manners than the knowledge that you think you're looking for. You need to gain manners first. Go gain akhlaq and adab and manners. That is more important for you than the knowledge that you think you're gaining. Or the knowledge that you want to gain. Muhammad ibn Sirin, one of the great tabi'een, he said, كَانُوا يَتَعَلَّمُونَ الْهَدِيَ كَمَا يَتَعَلَّمُونَ الْعِلْمَ The students of knowledge, the salaf, they used to learn how to carry themselves and how to be before they went to sort knowledge and gain knowledge. They would learn how to talk to the elders. They would learn how to talk to their neighbors and the way that they should carry themselves and the way that they should be. They would study that first before they went and seek and sought knowledge. Rather, the Salaf, before they even sought knowledge from somebody, they used to look at the way he carried himself for a bit. They would look at the way he carries himself, the way he is. Once they see that he is in line with the Quran and the Sunnah, the way he carries himself, then they would go and seek knowledge from him. Malik ibn Anas Imam Malik Imam Dari Hijra He said to Lifatam min Quraishin A boy, young boy from Quraysh He said to him Yabna akhi My nephew Ta'allam al-adab Go and learn manners Qabla anta ta'allam al-ilma Before you go and seek knowledge Go and what? Go and learn knowledge. Uh, go and learn manners. Before you go and learn knowledge. Makhlad ibn al-Husayn. He said to Abdullah al-Mubarak. Makhlad ibn al-Husayn is saying to who? Abdullah al-Mubarak. 
He said to Abdullah ibn Mubarak, Nahnu we, Abdullah ibn Mubarak, the great tabi'in, these are the people we look up to. These are the people, the asaneed, the chain of ahadith, in Bukhari and Muslim, Abi Dawood, in Tirmidhi ibn Majah, Nasai. These are the people it revolves around. Makhlid ibn Husaynan, Abdullah ibn Mubarak, Sufyan al-Thawri, Sufyan ibn Uyaynan, Hamad ibn, Hamad ibn Salama, Hamad ibn Zaydin, and Ali ibn Medina, Ishaq ibn Rahuya, and Ahmed ibn Hanbal, and others. These people, these are quotes from them. Makhlid ibn Husayn is saying to Abdullah ibn Mubarak, what did he say to him? Nahnuwi ila kathiri min al-adabi ahwaju minna ila kathiri min al-ilmi. We are in more need of good manners today than we are in need of knowledge. Imagine the Abdullah Mubarak and them was to see us. The way that we are in circles of knowledge. The way a student of knowledge is sitting down, he's lying down, he's using his phone, he's talking on the phone. The akhlaq of the students and a person who's meant to be a talib ilm, if he was to see, what would he say? They used to advise each other about manners and etiquette. Malik ibn Anasin, look what he said, Imam Malik, Imam Malik. He said, كانت أمي تعممني. My mother, she would place an imam on my head. وتقول لي, and she would say to me, اذهب إلى ربيعة. ربيعة هي يزوه. ربيعة ابن عبد الرحمن. ربيعة الرأي. He is what? فقيه من أهل المدينة. The fuqaha of Medina. His mother would place imamah on him. And his mother would say to him, Malik, go to Rabi'at al-Ra'i, Rabi'at ibn Abdul Rahman. Go to him. And do what? فَتَعَلَّمْ مِنْ أَدَبِهِ Go and learn from his manners. قَبْلَ عِلْمِهِ Before you start seeking the knowledge that he has. Just watch him. How he walks. How he talks. How he moves his body. Just look at that. They said that Imam Ahmed, 30,000 people used to come to his gathering. And Imam Ahmed, 20,000 would only come to just watch how he carried himself. And 10,000 would come to take knowledge from him. The other 20,000, they just wanted to see how Imam Ahmed was. How his manners was. How he dealt with his students. And how he carried himself. These people's manners were so high and their etiquette was so high that even when they were narrator hadith and at that time there weren't microphones. Microphones didn't exist. So if an imam would narrate hadith somebody within the gathering would stand up and he would narrate the hadith again and another person would do it. 30,000 is a lot of people, right? So it would take time for it to come back to Ahmed ibn Hanbal. To narrate the second hadith. In the meantime, Ahmed would be, would be doing his dhikr, his tasbih, and tahmeed, and tahleel, dhikr. So his tongue does not become dry from what? The remembrance of Allah. These became lost when the people didn't take knowledge from the people of knowledge. When people started to take knowledge from the internet and they started to take it from Google and books, the manners became corrupted. Because the manners is taken from those people, the people of knowledge. 
Some of the ulama that I saw, they didn't have to quote, nor did they have to read hadith. Wallahi, by seeing them, my iman increased. When I saw the way they were, the way they carried themselves, the way they acted, the way that they didn't laugh and joke too much, the way that they spoke about that which concerned them and they left off that which didn't concern them. When they did become angry, the statements that would come out of their mouth, some of them would just say, Inna lillahi wa inna ila Some of them when they became angry, all they would say to the person that they were angry with, Allah yarda alik. May Allah be pleased with you. All of this will be taken from the people of knowledge when you go to them and you sit with them. So Imam Malik, his mother was very smart. And she was a truly wise woman to make her son Malik ibn Anas go and do that. Walidalika, look what the scholars said. The scholars, they said, Imam Malik, he used to be a man who was venerated. Rajulun Imam Malik, if somebody came to him, they couldn't speak to him because he, they, he had so much respect for him. Are you with me, brothers? The respect that they had for Imam Malik was so high because of the way he carried himself. And you know what they said? The respect for Malik, it moved into his book, his Muatta. That even his Kitab al-Muatta has that Heiba, that veneration and respect. Why? Because when he was young, his mother pushed him to the right direction. Manners and etiquettes. The last quote that I'm going to mention is Al-Layth ibn Sa'ad Layth ibn Sa'ad Al-Imam Ahmed said Afqahu Layth ibn Sa'ad Is more of a faqih than Malik ibn Anas Layth ibn Sa'ad was in Egypt And it was at the time of Imam Malik But the only problem he said Al-Imam Ahmed was that Layth ibn Sa'ad did not have students Like Malik did have students that's the only why the madhab of Layth ibn Sa'ad didn't spread. Whereas he's more of a faqih than Malik ibn Anas. I just want to show you the weight of Layth ibn Sa'ad. Are you with me brothers? Layth ibn Sa'ad, one day he saw Ashabul Hadith, the people of Hadith. And he saw them sitting and doing things he did not like. Faqala he said, Ma hadha, what is this that you guys are doing? أنتم إلى يسير من الأدب أحوج منكم إلى كثير من العلم. What are you guys doing? والله you are in more need of what small manners is what you guys are in need of than the large amount of knowledge that you're trying to attain. الله أكبر. This is that time, Imam Malik's time, and Layth ibn Sa'ad's time. What will the situation be? What will Layth ibn Sa'ad say? If he was to see طلاب هذا العصر The students of knowledge of this time The way they talk The way they act The way they gossip The backbiting The slandering The name calling What would he say? These points that I'm mentioning brothers Are the keys to gaining knowledge And if you miss one of them You know why you're not gaining knowledge Anything which I have said that was wrong or incorrect is from me as shaitan and Allah and his messenger are free from it. 
Subhanakallahumma bihamdik ashadu an la ilaha illallah astaghfiruka atubu ilayh Any questions? Yeah? The title of the sixth point The sixth one was Ri'ayatu fununihi fil akhdi Observing the different sciences and prioritizing the order of knowledge. Yeah. Now, any other question? Point number eight. Being diligent in seeking knowledge. And stay away from hastiness. Stay away from hastiness. Who? Ibn al Qayyim brought a very good benefit. Pay attention to this. Nabi Allah Musa, who did he run to? When he, Allah says, وَمَا أَعْجَلَكَ عَنْ قَوْمِكَ يَا مُوسَى Oh Allah, I hasten so you can be pleased with me, right? Are you with me, brothers? Who did Nabi Allah Musa hasten to Allah, right? But what did he leave behind? His people who he didn't fully give them what? The tarbiyah and the nurturing. So he hastened to Allah. That's Allah. Allah said to him, why did he hasten for? Why did he hasten for? Because the hastiness of Musa had an effect that his people were not nurtured. Are you with me, brothers? That's hastening to Allah Azza wa Jalla. Who wouldn't want to hasten to Allah Azza wa Jalla? Imagine you're hastening for that which is. Are you with me, brothers? Hastiness is not good. Hastiness is not a good thing. Walidalika, brothers, some issues. You might be reading it and five years or ten years or fifteen years into your life you realize Allah, that's what it meant. Now it makes sense. Ah, ten years. Are you with me, brothers? So don't be hasty in seeing the fruits and the outcome of knowledge straight away. Um. Any other question? Fadal. Ha laysa al-yatim man mata waliduhu inna al-yatima yatim al-'ilm wal-adab. What is isbiru wa sabiru? Isbiru means be patient yourself. Wasabiru is be patient and also call others to be patient. That's one call. Huh? That's one call. The other view is Isbiru means be patient, come with patience and do something. Wasabiru means be patient and also endure the pain. Accept the pain that comes with it. Patience has maratib, right? 
Sometimes you're patient in something and you're, you're doing it. But you're not necessarily pleased with it. Sometimes you're what? Oh, you love it. You're enjoying the pain. What did Ibn Jawzi say? He said, وَمَنْ تَكُلُ الْعِلْيَا هِمَّةَ نَفْسِهِ فَكُلُّ الَّذِي يَلْقَى فِيهِ مُحَبَّبُ When the person has high aspiration and he wants to gain a high level in something, every hardship that comes on the way, فَكُلُّ الَّذِي يَلْقَى فِيهِ مُحَبَّبُ Everything that comes his way that's painful, he enjoys it. Are you with me, brothers? So that it means that the patient becomes, the pain becomes something you enjoy. Are you with me, brothers? When does a person start to enjoy the pain of something that they're trying to attain? When they take their eye, when they keep their eye on the goal that they're trying to achieve. If you turn away from that and you look at the means, oh, the pain starts to increase. Just focus on the, the goal. You won't feel the pain. Any other question? Who did I say that said to the Quraysh, seek knowledge? Malik ibn Anas. It's Malik ibn Anas. Anas ibn Malik is a companion. Like in Malik, Al-Imam Malik, rahimahullah. Al-Imam, Al-Imam Malik, Ibn Anas al-Asbahi rahimahullah Any other questions? Next, now we are halfway How many have we taken in in total now? Ten How many did I say all together is? So how much? We're just halfway now inshallah ta'ala Next Friday we're going to have another five and then after that we have another Friday, right? Which is a five and we'll conclude inshallah ta'ala. Does everyone think that these ten has given them a good understanding? Yeah? Does it give you an understanding of why, how to seek knowledge and the reasons? Huh? Does it answer a lot of your questions? Does it? Yeah? It does, huh? Barakallah fikum. So inshallah, until we finish the 20, don't ask me questions regarding how to seek knowledge and what should I start with. Because I think it's going to be here inshallah ta'ala. Jazakumullah khairan.